Hello and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen, and I am on a quest to find and discover and to think about, meditate on things that are true and excellent, just, pure, and worthy of praise. I'm so glad you've joined me. And I'm so excited about this little pit stop as you pause during your day or maybe you're busy folding clothes or mopping, one of my favorite household chores, not. Or maybe you're driving on your way to work or on your way home and this is what you've tuned into to help you navigate through traffic Whatever this day finds you doing, I'm so glad that you've joined me and I hope that this podcast is something that encourages you, that meets you where you are, because, you know, we all have the same tapestry because we're all made by the same person, the same designer, and we all have The wonderful gift of emotions, of feelings, of being able to think and being able to see and hear and use our five senses. And if you don't have all five senses, then I know that you are experiencing the world in a slightly different way. But I know that we all have so much to be grateful for. And I tuned into YouTube the other day and came across one of my favorite singers. She's Filipino. You've heard her work in Les Mis. She's played multiple characters in Les Mis, the musical, which is my husband's favorite. Well, no, actually, it's probably my favorite. He loves another one. Um, No, yeah, Les Mis. That's the one that he loves, too. I have not had my coffee yet. Can you imagine? I need my coffee. But I was so excited about what I want to share with you that I thought, the house is quiet. I'm just going to go ahead and do this podcast. But coffee is sounding like a really good idea right now. But she's been in Les Mis. She played Mulan, the voice of Mulan. And she has done so many different musicals. Aladdin, she was the voice of the princess in Aladdin. And of course, I'm talking about Leia Salonga, who was discovered when she was probably maybe 12 and wonderful, beautiful Filipino uh, girl now, woman, and her voice. I've sung so many of her songs, and it's brought me so much joy just to hear her. I love the song in Mulan, Reflections. It's one of my favorites, because 
It's just so honest and transparent and the lyrics are wonderful. And I'm still trying to figure out sometimes who I am. Can you relate to that? I, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. And this video that I came across the other day, a whole new world. It was the scene of a daddy-daughter dance. And this father, I don't even know how he managed this, but he surprised his daughter with not only one of her favorite songs, A Whole New World, but he managed to secure Leia Salonga to show up at his daughter's wedding reception and sing it. And she had no idea. And I mean, she was crying. Everyone was crying. Leia Salonga was crying. It was such a beautiful moment to see her face. And she looked like the child she must have been when she and her daddy shared these moments together. And it was so neat to vicariously share that and live that with her because my father, he got upgraded to heaven before I got married. I was 24. I had just turned 24. I had just graduated from college the previous year. I had just moved out of the house and I am so grateful I wasn't then. At times, I wasn't grateful for the fact that I stayed at home and went to college because all of my friends and peers, they were going off to these college campuses. And I went to Georgia State University and I had to take a bus. Well, I didn't have to, but I chose to take a bus and then the subway every day along with the business commuters. And so I sometimes thought I missed out. But you know, after my father passed away of heart issues and he had been dealing with them since I was in high school. His own father lived to be 42. So dad did really well. He made it to almost 63. But try telling a 24-year-old girl that. And I was still very much a girl and I was still very much daddy's girl. So, you know, I looked back later and something that I thought was something to be sad about, you know, the fact that, well, I stayed home for college. My parents didn't really have the money saved. I found out later after dad passed away that he had amassed a huge debt. You would never have known because he tried so hard to give his princess, me, everything. And that's what this father in this video was trying to do for his little girl as he now handed her over to her prince 
but she would always be daddy's little princess. And I knew, and I know, that I was always my dad's little princess, and he would have stopped at nothing to give me the world. And so as I watched this young bride prepare to dance with her father, and there's Leia Salonga singing a whole new world. I just, I cannot even describe how beautiful it was. And then it was like the Lord, as in Jesus, because I'm a Jesus girl. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that about me. And I, I make no bones about it, because when you have found the one and only Savior. What kind of person would I be if I hid that news? When you find the one and only God who loved you so much that he came down to this earth, shelved his privileges, his benefits as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, from inception, from before this world being created, he was the one that created it. We know that from Colossians. And when you know and you have found, or rather yet you have been found, not that I was lost to him, he always knew where I was, but he was waiting for the perfect time because he knows us inside and out. And when I was 13 years old, so bitter, so cynical, so sarcastic, so hurting from all the rejection that the world had already piled on me in just 13 years of life. Heck, it it had been piled on from the time I was seven and was the butt of every click. Came out of the restroom and came back to class to find this boy that I had written a little love note to. I had a crush on him. And he thought it would be funny to openly mock how I was feeling about him with the whole gang around him, the whole clique that ran that classroom. And I came back from the bathroom to find out. And that that's just one story. But why do I share all of that? Because by the time I got to 13, I was a wisecracking, smart, alecky, I'm going to reject you first. Don't you... Don't you even think about rejecting me because I'm going to reject you first. Because deep inside was a girl who was crying out for love and had been disappointed in so many ways and let down in so many ways. And by the time I was 13, I was my parents put me in a Christian school and even there, even there, It was tough. I didn't feel like I fit in. And yet on November 5th, 1976, the year 
of freedom for our country when we celebrated the bicentennial of our country. I found out that this God who I was trying to perform for, like I was trying to perform for my mom, my dad, really my mom, and all these students I was trying to perform for so they would love me, like me, not make fun of me. I had been in three different schools because we moved, and then something happened at this other school that I was at, and that's a story for another time, but my parents decided, uh, let's let's put her in a Christian school because this public school is rough, and you parents, I'm sure you're shaking your heads either because you remember from being there or because your kids are there now. The world can be a rough place. School can be a rough place. It can be a rude awakening, and it was for me. And by the time I was 13, I was just done. I was just done at 13. And our world was going through so much. Uh, The price of gas was really high. Now, that really wasn't at the top of my radar as a 13-year-old. I had other things like, why doesn't Mark Calvert like me? Because I had a crush on him, and, well, he didn't like me. He made fun of me. And I felt shunned once again. Here we go again. And on a Monday in Bible class... A Bible teacher shared the gospel, the good news. It literally means good news. Evangelism means good news. He shared the good news about what Jesus had done for me on the cross because I was a sinner. And in order to be forgiven by God, it wasn't what I was doing. It wasn't me trying to be good enough or better than someone else. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about following the rules. Because believe me, I was a rule follower. And I was angry. Because I found out pretty early, I couldn't keep all these rules. I couldn't even keep all my mom's rules. And that was an issue. But boy, howdy, was I trying. I was giving everything I had to follow the rules for my teachers, to follow the rules for my parents, and failing miserably and dealing with the consequences of that. And the more I tried, the harder I tried, the harder I tried to fit in and obey the rules. That I didn't even know what the rules were for these cliques. But in order to survive, I was trying to do everything I could. And I had transferred all that onto God because they say... You get your picture of God from your parents, and I love my parents. They did the best they could, and I know now as a parent, I'm looking at my grown kids saying, hey, I did the best I could. I really did. But I made lots of mistakes, and they did too. And if you become a parent, you're going to find that you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So no parent is perfect. And kids are just trying to figure out who they are, and... There's this little thing called sin. If you have a two-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. It shows up by then. Easy. That cute little baby starts growing. And then there's the meltdowns in the grocery store. And and there's that where 
No. Which you will hear a lot as a mother. No. That you're not the boss of me. (laughs) That we all do. (laughs) So by 13, I was a mess. But I heard the good news about Jesus. So yeah, I'm a Jesus girl. And um, why, why wouldn't I be? Because all these other religions are telling us what you have to do. Either it's, well, there is no God. So guess what? You're God. Well, that's convenient. So you get to do whatever you want to do. So it sounds like the movie The Purge, which I never saw, but I didn't want to. The trailer was bad enough. It's where for one night out of the year, there was no police, nothing. Everybody stood down and you could just do whatever the heck you want to do. And it was their way, I guess, of purging this earth of people because people were going out and, well, you know, doing the absolute worst that they could do. They knew that nobody was going to stop them. So it was kind of a, what would happen if we just had no rules for one night? And I didn't watch it. But, yeah, and I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Where was I going with that? But, um, you know, sometimes the world can kind of feel like that. And so all these other religions are telling I know where I was going with it. Thank you. It takes a moment, but I figured it out. If you have come to the religion of atheism, which is a bona fide religion, it's just that you do believe there's a God. It's just that you believe that you are that God. Or uh, agnostics are really people that are like, they just can't quite commit to atheism because they know, looking at creation, they somehow know that all this didn't just randomly go bang, boom, bomb, and oh, there it is. That would be like a printing press, all the letters going up in the air, and then when they land back down on the printing press, or on the floor, you have a dictionary. Voila! (laughs) No, nobody believes that really happened. Not seriously. Uh, Most people, I think, that are atheists or agnostics, are because of pain, unresolved pain and trauma, and their brain cannot wrap around a holy good God allowing fill in the blank. And because that pain doesn't get resolved, because they are free falling, Charles Darwin was one of them. Guess what, y'all? He was a Christian at one time. Or he ascribed to Christianity. And then my understanding is something horrific happened. Maybe a series of horrific things. And if you've suffered a series of horrific things, I do not mean to dance on your pain. We all have gone through pain. You live long enough, you go through pain. But I don't want to ever say oh, I understand what you're going through, because maybe I don't. Maybe I don't, but I know that God does. And I think the issue for a lot of people that decide that they're atheists or agnostics is they're just trying to figure out why. There's that little boy, a little girl inside them going, why? Why, God? Why? And that's a legit question. And psalmist, I direct you to the Psalms and the Bible, Uh, P-S-A-L-M-S, Psalm 13, one of my favorite go-tos. The psalmist was like, why, Lord, why? 
Why? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? So, not to pick on atheists or agnostics, but I do have a theory for why they are that way. Because they just can't understand how could a good God allow this horrible thing to happen to me or worse, my child. I'm watching my child die from cancer. I'm, I've am i lost my child to drugs. Or they died. Or they committed suicide. Or this is not the way it was supposed to be. And we dream of a whole new world, don't we? We dream of a whole new world. And all these religions that people have the right and the free will to choose. I think you can sum them all up in what do you have to do to get forgiven by this holy good God or this cavalcade of holy good except when they're not God's and sometimes this God for some of these religions and I won't name them but he makes you go around and around and around and around and keep living in this world again and again and again and again and again until you somehow get it right that sounds like hell to me or he gives you a list of rules and if you don't follow it to a T and you're never gonna know if you did enough until you die. I actually had somebody try to witness to me on the streets of Vienna telling me his religion. And basically, he didn't know if he was going to be forgiven by this distant, well, he didn't say distant. That was my word for it. His This distant, hard-to-please God that demands that people strap bombs to themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some, some teacher, religious teacher, told them, hey, you want to know for sure that you're forgiven and that God's going to let you into his version of heaven? Which sounds great for men. Not so great for the women. And again, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm really not. But... The only way this guy said, he said, well, none of us know. None of us know if we've done enough. We'll find out after we die. Wow, that's awesome. And yet he's out there trying to convince me to join his religion, to worship his God, to surrender and find the way of peace. Yet he didn't even have the peace to know where he was going to end up when he died. But somebody who rams a plane into two twin towers goes to a strip club the night before, but oh, hey, it's okay. You set yourself on fire and killed thousands of people, so now you're in. I'm not sure I would even want to be in a heaven that a God said something like that. I would question the teacher. Show me in the holy book. I would question. I would. So, what is it that I love about Jesus? 
He's the only one that says, hey, yeah, you're a sinner. Yeah, you need to be forgiven. But guess what? There's nothing you can do that's going to be good enough to match my holiness. This is a problem. You have a sin cancer gene that you inherited from Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, because I gave them free will. They made a very bad choice. And I knew ahead of time they were going to make that choice. But guess what? I got your back. If you choose me, I've chosen you. I knew when I created all of you, before you even took your first breath, that you were going to have this sin cancer because Adam and Eve were going to listen to a a talking snake. And I'm going to have to ask the Lord, what's up with talking animals? Because there's two occurrences of talking animals in the Bible. But I digress. But this Jesus knew before he created the world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three people, but one God. You just have to take that on faith like you take H2O, can exist in three forms, water, steam, and uh, ice. And it's not that he keeps changing like H2O changes if you heat it up or cool it down. He just somehow exists as three people, but it's one God. And, you know, sometimes you just have to suspend and trust. And, you know, our our little brains cannot understand everything about God. So, but he's told us enough about himself in the book of John. So if all of this is foreign to you, go read the book of John. Go look it up and find out what Jesus has done for you. But he died on the cross to save us from this sin cancer. He is the cure. And if you put your faith and trust in him... Guess what? Like this song, A Whole New World, Jesus wants to show you a whole new world. He is the prince. If you see Aladdin, you see the princess, and she she believes that Aladdin really is a prince, and he's not. He's just used one of his wishes to impress her, which is really quite romantic, but he's really not a prince. But the difference is Jesus really is the Prince of Peace. He really is the king. He's both the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings. He's a prince and a king. And I guess we call him Prince when he calls himself that because he has adopted the role of son. He's always been God. He's equal to the Father and the Spirit is equal to Jesus. All three of them are form one God. But Jesus is the King of Kings, but he's also the Prince. And every little girl has always dreamed of finding her Prince. And this video about a whole new world, this daddy's little girl, his princess, she had found her Prince. And he was doing one last thing as the man in her life before she became Mrs. whatever, And became a wife to the man of her dreams. He wanted to show his little girl. He was willing to move heaven and earth to show his little girl how much he loved her. Oh, we got it. That's why there wasn't a dry eye. And if you know the song, and Leia Salonga managed to sing it, but she was tearing up through the whole thing because we could feel the love. And that's what I want you to see is that there is a prince out there 
who happens to also be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he could have chosen anyone to be his bride. He could have chosen anyone to be his child and to be in his forever kingdom and to live this life with. Because from the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he's with you all the time. The word Emmanuel is one of his titles, his name. He is the promised Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus came to this earth to show us how much he loved us and how much he loves us because he didn't stay on that cross. Take him off of that cross, y'all. That jewelry might look great, but he's not still hanging on that cross. He was taken down. He died for real, but he didn't stay dead. He came back to life. We celebrate that at Easter time, but really we celebrate it every day because he can take the deadness of our hearts and the deadness of our life and he can bring us back to life the moment we say yes to him. And I encourage you just to give your whole life to him because he can show you a whole new world, shimmering, shining, splendid. Tell me, when did you last let your heart decide? He can, just like that, that montage with that song where he, where Aladdin on a, a magic carpet ride that we all dream of, right? He shows her everything she's ever wanted to see. And she's beginning to have an inkling of how much he loves her. Well, Let's take Aladdin off the carpet. We're going to put him on ground here. We're not just going to kick him off the carpet. But even in that movie, he wanted to give her the world because he loved her so much. Well, that's Jesus. He wants to give you a whole new world. He wants to take that pain that you carry in your heart that you can't get past. And he wants to give you a love that never ends. He will never walk away from you no matter what you do. He promises in Romans 8. So this is Serendipity Girl, and I wish for you the joy and the beauty and the love and the peace of experiencing a whole new world, better than even Walt Disney World, with the Prince of Peace and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loved you, who died for you, who longs to live in your heart, and to be with you, and one day take you to heaven, which really will be a whole new world, but he wants to walk through this life with you. So enjoy the song, go and listen to it, a whole new world, and then I hope that something that I've said has resonated. If so, uh, tell a friend if you like this podcast, and um, join my Facebook group. It's Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers, and... Enjoy a whole new world and enjoy a whole new day. Be like a child again. Go out and look at nature. Check out what God is doing. Look at the flowers. And I really mean just stop and smell the gardenias. I've got a gardenia that I got in my backyard, and it's wonderful. Uh, The smell is just divine. In fact, they use it for perfume. And this poor plant almost died because we buried it in leaves because we get so many leaves, and we didn't blow them all off the plant. But he almost died. But... I see resurrection in that. The plant kind of resurged and it doesn't have many blooms. <clears throat> Excuse me, but go and go and smell the roses. Buy some roses. Smell them. Take time to 
really see with your senses this world that God's given us and the beauty in it. And then take time to think about what I've said. Because Jesus really wants to to show you a whole new world during this lifetime and even more so in the next one. Because heaven is a real place and he wants you there with him forever. And he's preparing a place for you. And it's going to be even better than the best thing you can even imagine. Have a wonderful serendipitous day. Until next time.